Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Let's get right into it, shall we? No more bro talk today. What do we have bro talk for? Nothing. Nothing. You don't want it. I think I kind of want it. Let's go right into a question. Thomas, what do you got? DIY. What's happening, DIY bros? My name is Thomas. I live down in Atlanta, Georgia. And my question pertains to just how I can stop being so cheap. I'm 24 years old. I'm a software engineer and I make roughly 130K. I realize that's pretty decent money for my age, yet I still fret on super small things. I feel like I follow all the DIY steps. I have $1,000 fast cash. I have an emergency fund. I have a Roth 401k through work where I do 20% of my paycheck and I get a 7% match. I max out my Roth IRA. I have a Schwab account with different index funds that have performed terribly, but hey, I keep buying the dip. Uh, I even give tied to my church. I feel like the only thing I don't do is I don't own a home, but that's only because of the stage of life I'm in. I'm just not quite sure if I'll be here in the next year or two, so it just doesn't make too much sense. But when it boils down to it, why do I worry about things like high gas prices or or better yet, things I just can't let myself spend on things I enjoy, like golfing on weekends, a nitro cold brew, a nice meal, things of that nature, even things I need, like a pair of basketball shoes. It's just frustrating. I'm tired of dealing with this. I feel like y'all would have some good advice for this one, so... With that, love the show. Keep up the bro talk. Let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules you're going to try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Oh, Thomas. 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 Man after my own heart. Uh, first of all, I, you, it's, you're, you're struggling with it because we live in a culture and society that doesn't think this way, that doesn't act this way. So you're an anomaly. We are an anomaly. I'm going to speak for all of us uh, that think this way. We are an anomaly, and so it it bothers it bothers us because it's abnormal. So I'm going to speak on this from a psychological standpoint uh, because it's something that I've certainly struggled with in my my life. Um, but I wasn't always this way. I I recognized early on in my college. Well, actually, that's not true. I, I think a lot of the the bad financial stuff that I went through was really out of necessity. Uh, you know, car loan, uh, you know, some credit cards to be able to furnish an office and things along those lines. But I can remember from a very young age uh, valuing a dollar for, for sure and, and had a bit of a hustle. I, I'm, I'm guessing, Thomas, if you were to relay, you'd be like, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, I – you know, mowed 37 lawns and I, and I did, you know, I traded up with baseball cards and then I sold them and I made, you know, I, I'm guessing that there is that in, in your story as well. So something is ingrained in you that, that really puts a value on the dollar. Now, for what it's worth, if you want to, and this some, some people can want this or not, um, you should explore why this is. Now, I will tell you it took me into my 40s, maybe 30s, late 30s, until I really started exploring this because for me, it, it got to the point where any debt at all was uh, like 
uh, what a, paralyzing. Like, like it keep me up at night. And that was, I was like, this is not healthy. My debt to equity ratio is nothing. Why am I so concerned about this? And I didn't intentionally like start, you know, exploring all the options and all the rest of this stuff. It was kind of a happenstance that I stumbled upon a book uh, called The Millionaire Mindset by T. Harv Eckerd. And it's kind of, you know, look, he's a motivational guy, you know, it's kind of a Tony Robbins-esque, like, motivational book. And I tend to like those at times. But this one, what was interesting is he talked a tremendous amount about our, I think he called it our money blueprint, and how we are ingrained with ideas about money that comes from when we are very little, when we are children, and what we see and what we hear and what our family, you know, how they talk about money, how they value money, etc. And I grew up in a family that 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 debt and you know spending more than than was made and living the high life was like an everyday occurrence and proud of it. And I would say that maybe quite a few baby boomers who were products of the greatest generation were that way extremely consumer-driven uh, because, again, the, the greatest generation, they were kids of the Depression, so they were completely uh, you know, in the scarcity mindset. Baby boomers were completely the opposite. It's one of the reasons we had the biggest boom that we did in our country at that time. So I was a product of watching this, and I wanted nothing to do with it. It ultimately became the downfall of, of uh, some very close family members of mine watching this unfold. And so thus began this idea in my life that I can't live beyond my means. I can't live in debt. I can't do this. Now, uh, that was eye-opening to me to sort of realize that. Did it change anything? Not really. <laughs> it didn't change much at all. In, in fact, uh, you know, I still had the same ideas of paying down debt and you know, so forth. Now, but it was just it was eye-opening. Now, that being said, I will have learned over the years I will always pay for experiences, and maybe maybe that's still not you. But for me, I I'm wearing a a, a pair of of dress casual esque shoes that I got at a shoe carnival. And they were on the clearance rack for like nineteen dollars, and I think they were originally like a hundred. And I will wear them until I can wear them no more. I am wearing jeans from Walmart, right? I mean, that's just my personality. I could never fathom going and buying like a designer pair of anything at all. However, uh, I'm looking at a impromptu four-day trip to Paris with my wife for our anniversary because the euro is basically on par with the dollar, and it will be very expensive. But I would do that in a heartbeat. So I've balanced out, I think, where I'm willing to spend uh, and where I'm not, and and I'm okay with that, and I've learned to, to accept that. So don't just throw this away. Really explore this. Get into this because someday if you're married, spouse, family, children, you want to really understand uh, where you are, why you're, how you are, etc., and maybe be working on the areas that you know 
kind of limit maybe what your family does. Oh, we're not doing this because it's too expensive. We're definitely not going on vacation. I've seen that backfire for people um, as well. So, again, you can maybe put some areas in place. You're budgeting for these things, and you're you're definitely going to travel with your family. You're going to buy this for your kids, but it's part of the budget, and they need to know this is what we're doing. So, uh, again, don't discount it. Really delve into it, but I think there's something – when you peel back the onion that, that maybe goes a little deeper than just your current state, it's probably something that was developed over the entirety of your life. That was a long answer. Sorry, but I'm passionate about this. Certainly this sub- subject matter. What say you, Daniel? Yeah. So I guess unroll that blueprint and figure out what it says about you. I like what you said about understanding where it is and or what it is that you uh, um, will spend on and, and what it is you won't. I think in this case, realizing that, Uh, Once you kind of have your financial plan figured out, once you're contributing to retirement, uh, you're setting aside money for the future, you got kind of those goals and buckets figured out, uh, then your current bucket, your current spending bucket, it is yours to spend on whatever you want. So I think the more that you can compartmentalize those things and understand that you have the long term sort of taken care of, uh, you have to work through why is it that you're not willing to to spend on the stuff that you have allocated to the now and that might be, as as sort of Quint said, uh, some sort of deep-rooted junk that you carried from childhood or family situations. Or There's various different narratives that we kind of grow up with and, and learn and, and various things, and that affects money in every area of life. Uh, but the more that you can understand that, I think the better. But if you have money in that kind of current spending pot and you don't want to save more for the future, then it's yours to say or yours to spend on what is important to you now. And I guess my only encouragement would be maybe those things aren't really that important to you. If you don't want to spend the money on them, then then maybe it's not really important. If those things are important to you and you're having trouble spending money on it, then work through that with somebody. Well, the other because thing, you have conflicting prior or conflicting yeah. um, value sets there. I think he said he's twenty four. Okay. So you know you could have a situation where you're just not seeing the same value in doing some of the things your friends are wanting to do, right? Sure. To go to dinner, or to do this or to do that. Um, or even, you know, I want to buy some basketball. I need new basketball shoes, but I don't want to spend what, it, you know, again, I'm yeah. the same way. I, I run in Hoka's. I think they're the greatest running shoe in the world. I don't think I've ever spent retail for Hoka's. Like I buy the couple year old, you know, mm-hmm. whatever on sale and I'm okay with that. So there's a happy medium there, but you might just be in a life stage where again, you're you're viewing things differently than the peers you have, the friends that you have, and that will probably change as time goes on. You mm-hmm. you know, those friends will will wake up one day and go, "I can't keep going out and putting all this on my credit card or whatever it may be and spending that money I don't have to impress people." I don't even like champagne for everybody. Courtesy of Billy Ray Valentine. And so you you may that might evolve over time and I know that in my life now I look around to friend groups that I have, really close people that I do life with and we all have sort of that same idea of money and we value it in in the way that we do. There's certain things we'll spend money on, there's certain things we just won't. So uh, and that's kind of evolved over time, and, and those groups of, of people have kind of formed, um, you know, as I've gotten older. And I think that'll happen to you as well. Definitely. That's it. There you go. I think so. I think that's a great question. I, I would encourage all of our listeners, understand their money blueprint. A lot of it, I'll, I'll tell you, when I 
communicate with people who struggle with finances, whether it's even just getting ahead. It's a pattern. It's a life pattern. It's their parents struggled with it. Their grandparents struggle with it. Or it's a scarcity thing. Oh, they, they never had enough. And, and, you know, they almost start to save and, and pursue that. And then they self-sabotage because they only identify with never just not having enough. It, it's an incredible psychological world, and I really encourage you to delve into it. And again, I'm sure there's a lot of books out there on the subject matter, uh, but one of the ones that I that I do read uh, m- multiple times or have read multiple times is uh, a Millionaire Mindset. Again, T. Harv Eckerd, I think is his last name. Anyways, all right, great question. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Maybe you can put it towards something that... Uh, you need and just didn't want to spend your money on. Thomas, thanks again. All he did was sent us an audio file through his phone, presumably, to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. listening to this episode of the show if you want content delivered to you regularly be sure to follow us on instagram at diy.money and if you want your question aired on the show be sure to send that to us and you'll get a 25 dollar amazon gift card this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice before making any financial decision please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed